0: Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat in triple overtime. It took three of them. The Miami Heat, who prior to this, I think may have been first. Actually, they might still be first in the Eastern Conference at 32 and 17. They beat them 124 to 120 in a triple overtime game that, as far as regular season performances go. You can book that right under instant classic. It was such a grit and grind performance with just enough finesse packed into it to sit back and say, wow, I got to enjoy some truly fantastic basketball. I like, how do you talk about this game in a reaction podcast format where it's like, yeah, 15 to 20 minutes. The only way to do that really is to kind of skim the first three quarters. So I'll hit you with the cliff notes of it. Fred struggled immensely running any offense. The Raptors really struggled. He couldn't get anything going. You could see he was clearly laboring with that knee. I think he'll probably take his next game off if I was guessing. And the offense was largely provided by the do-it-all performances of Pascal, Scotty, and OG with the immense shot making of Gary Trent Jr. That's the first three quarters. Gary Trent... His shot making in the first three quarters was immense. Uh, The same thing that always happens with Gary is like, you get these incredible pockets of like, he'll go five for eight on the toughest shooting possible. And, you know, kind of evens out over the rest of the game. He finished 13 of 28, 40, 46% from the floor. Is that incredible? No, but when shot making is a premium, when you score 124 points over, I guess, what, 63 minutes played, that means that your offense is not, really really clicking you're looking for something more here and so even though Gary Trent Jr. wasn't able to provide a lot of offensive punch from the fourth quarter on it had a couple air balls actually you know and they they ran like man they ran some looks for him and he had really really good looks that just didn't drop but he took 28 shots the Raptors needed all 28 the ball was funneling to him that's where the ball ended up going. He's a good shooter. He hit tough shots. He missed some easy ones, but he put them up and he scored on enough of them. 33 points in a game like this where they needed every single one of them. Hell yeah. Like, who cares? 46% on that shot diet. Really, really good. He like he was hanging around 60% for a lot of the game. It just, you know, shot making at the end of games is tough, especially against a defense as good as the Heat. Whether they come easy or hard, you just, you really feel the magnitude of that the same thing happened to pascal same thing happened to og and fred i'll get into it in a little bit obviously but his shot making that was completely not there at all the whole game all of a sudden in triple overtime just went up to 100 (laughs) like up to 100 man and so the the offense was largely a product of you know Pascal, Scotty, OG, using their size advantage to get into good spots, causing rotations, shooters hitting shots, and things breaking down from there, getting some of their own offense as well. That became significantly more complicated later on in the game. And then defensively, the Raptors did just such a fantastic job of taking away a lot of the pet actions that the Heat run. And the two people who deserve a lot of credit for this over the first three quarters is Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes' defense on Bam Adebayo was exceptional. I thought he was really, really great. He made them push the secondary actions a lot of the time. Bam wasn't able to create a lot of stuff off the dribble. And so, hell yeah, Scotty for sticking Bam, making him work all game. Like, Bam is still a positive player no matter what, of course. But Scotty, I thought, was just fantastic sticking him. And yeah, moving them onto those secondary actions, the dribble handoff stuff that they love to run for Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero not nearly as potent in this game as a lot of other things like Duncan Robinson played less than 20 minutes in this one you know why because the Raptors were able to switch those actions that typically give him an edge and so he couldn't get his shots off and when he did have an open opportunity he took five threes in this game it didn't drop in and that was credit to their coverage and that started with Bam now everything else you know I mean everything else Switches out onto guys, blowing up pick and rolls to the sideline, scramming back, uh, help side rotations, steals, sweeping across the whole court and getting back into a play, X outs. Whatever it was, Pascal Siakam was near perfect over the first three quarters. His defense was immense. He was awesome. He was helping out on the defensive glass too. And that's the first three quarters as far as I consider it. To start the fourth quarter... The Raptors had just held like a 10-point lead heading into the fourth. Gary Trent Jr. and Fred VanVleet, and you know, especially Gary just doing a fantastic job with his shot making, kept the Raptors up. Now, to start the fourth, both Gary and Fred sat. This is where things got a little bit hairy for the Raptors because they did struggle offensively as the, the heat started to go zone. And they were going zone off of their makes and man off of their misses, obviously, so they'd have an easier time picking guys up. If, you know, you miss and a guy wants to push in transition, it's easier to go man because you can go stop the ball. But if you're trying to go zone, you can't maintain the integrity of a zone if you're trying to pick up in transition, that kind of stuff. Or at least it's difficult. So anyway, uh, that didn't seem like the biggest deal at the time, but it was exacerbated that the Raptors had a little bit of trouble scoring against the zone in that spot because their defense failed them on a couple shots He Heat scored eight points really quick, two of them on well-contested threes, but well-contested threes go in in the NBA, and then on a layup that they just shouldn't have given up. And good Lord, it was, you know, that 10-point lead became a two-point lead really quickly, nurse counters by putting Fred and Gary Trent Jr. in. immediately they run a zone buster play for Gary Trent Jr. He hits a three. Hell yeah, Gary. They get a look to Pascal in the middle of the zone. He hits that. And so they're up 87, 83 at this point in time. And uh, yeah, Oh, well, I guess Trent Jr.'s three came after uh, Pascal's mid-range jumper. But so they go up 90, 85. The zone is still kind of killing the Raptors. And then, you know, OG on the left side of the floor, he hits a step-back jumper, really nice. And this is where the offense really went towards uh, definitely like very OG-centric because that was where they saw the, uh, well, the, the matchup they wanted, obviously. Tyler Hero had trouble with OG all night. OG was getting to good spots, just maybe struggling sometimes to finish on them, and especially sometimes cutting drives short where maybe he shouldn't have or something like that. But the Raptors, over the next few minutes of play on offense, went to OG, and OG took a long time ramping up those possessions to get into a spot where he had advantage, And he didn't make very good decisions with the ball in advantage, making passes out and stuff like that. This is right after they played a game where he was the linchpin, right? He did a really, really strong job of initiating through the post against the Bulls, making great passes. In this game, not nearly as strong. So it didn't work out very well in that regard. Next, they move into possessions for Fred Van Vliet on ball. Again, the pop, still not there, not a lot of burst in the leg. And then they go into a lot of Gary Trent Jr. uh, pick-and-roll action. They've succeeded with Gary in the pick-and-roll before. Um, Some good results, some bad results. But more than anything, you're just looking to get the guy who puts you on, you know, offensively. The Raptors are on his back for some stretches in this game. His shot-making was moving them through quite a few stretches here. And so you're saying, let's give this guy an opportunity. The, the Heat were flattening out the pick and rolls and switching. So the advantages that Gary Trent Jr. can typically get by getting a little bit of space and then being so comfortable going to his left, taking a jumper, or maybe even just popping that ball over top to a guy who's short rolling, be it OG, Scotty, or Pascal, that wasn't available. So it went into isolation for Gary Trent Jr. And against like Bam Adebayo or Jimmy Butler, that wasn't very successful in this game. So this is where it got a little bit tough. On the other side of things, Jimmy was stirring up the Raptors defense. He he was getting to spots and the Heat were still hitting enough threes to kind of get back into the game and keep pace because they were down seven with like five minutes left. You have to score to get back into the game. You can't just play defense. And so a lot of the screens a lot of Jimmy's penetration. The Raptors couldn't really keep up. And then the worst part was that you see the Raptors when Jimmy's already picked up his dribble, they're pulling off and you just like Fred VanVleet, if Jimmy has his dribble picked up, you don't need to come over. You, You really, really don't because your contest means significantly less than whatever OG or Pascal is going to do. And is, that was especially something that was proven in the last, you know, three overtimes was that OG and Pascal can definitely stick Jimmy Butler in isolation. They did it over and over and over again, so much so that the Heat decided that Tyler Hero was going to be on ball because they felt better about him getting to a shot than Jimmy. That's how good Pascal and OG were. Pascal on switches and then OG starting out as primary. They, they were that good. So Hero hits a three, the, the Heat go up 97-96. The Raptors, what is their counter? Well, they noticed Bam is playing Pascal really high. A lot of the time, they're make, making Pascal give the ball up early so that he can pull Bam away from the action, and Bam won't be there in help side defense. Everybody remembers Jason Tatum trying to dunk on Bam at the end of the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And Bam stuffed him. Bam is a really good help side defender. So in this example, with a minute left, they let Pascal isolate. And Pascal blows by him, gets to a layup, scores the bucket. Then immediately, (laughs) Tucker gets a a corner three because, you know, Butler gets downhill. The rotation comes from the corner, as it always does, the low man. And uh, the Raptors are down two. Then we get OG... In one of the craziest, you know, OG shouldn't have fallen over here. He did get pushed, but everybody applies pressure on the hip, on like the catch, and everybody does that kind of stuff. But anyway, (laughs) PJ Tucker pushes OG. OG falls when he probably shouldn't have, and they call it travel. It wasn't a travel, though, which is the interesting part. I get like, you know, a lot of refs, three points of contact means a travel. So... If you count your back as a point of contact or your elbows or whatever. But refs don't usually call that. So to see, I think the ref was just reacting to a really strange play and called the travel on OG. And so I didn't really think that Tucker fouled OG. But I also think OG should have had an opportunity to lay on his back and throw the ball to somebody. Either way, they they called the travel. Then what we get is just, man. Also, I glazed over something I shouldn't have glazed over. It was 96-94 for the Raptors. I think like two and a half minutes left. And Scotty and OG completely bungle a screening action where it's Jimmy and Bam Adebayo. And the play before this, actually, Bam Adebayo was the lead ball handler, had Pascal one-on-one in transition. And Pascal didn't stuff him for a block at the rim, but Pascal forced a miss one-on-one against Bam. The next time down... The Heat put Scotty and OG in a screening action, and also the three that Hero hit was also, you know, a bungled screening action navigation by those two. Anyway, Jimmy turns the corner, full-on headed towards the bucket. Pascal is the low man because PJ Tucker is hanging out in the dunker spot, and so we get Pascal rotating over to, uh, (laughs) to get Jimmy. Jimmy goes with everything he's got at the rim, Pascal meets him at the summit and blocks him. Since everybody's hanging out, contesting the level of the screen and they're caught up on it, Jimmy gets his own rebound. Pascal comes from out of bounds, nearly at the stanchion, back into the play and blocks Butler again. Just like an incredible play to be made there. And considering like three stops at the rim, bam, Butler, and then Butler again, that late in the game, that's that's six points, dude. And, you know, is it four points because two of them were on the same possession? Whatever, but that's six points. And that is that is just a small amount of points saved from Pascal tonight. It was, that, that stretch of defense was incredible. And, and like the precursor to that was Pascal switching out onto Jimmy, Pascal blowing up pick and rolls. And then that continued on into the rest of the overtimes. Anyway... OG comes down the other side, catches the ball as a trailer three. Boom, boom, gets rimmed twice, pops up, it rims out. Okay, what's happening? The ball is in the air. Jimmy Butler is going up. Scotty Barnes is there first. Scotty Barnes is about to miss a shot. Jimmy Butler slaps Barnes' hand, or sorry, his forearm, just as the ball is releasing from Barnes' hand. Free throws. So this is a rookie. This is a rookie, okay, going to the line for for the game-tying free throws with, uh, ugh, like, four seconds left. Sorry, three seconds left. He hits both of them. They come down the other side. You know, they don't get a shot up. They go to overtime. Now, this is where it's like, okay, what the hell is happening here? This marathon game. The defense remains at a very high level. Both teams are both clearly, clearly gassed, and each team only scores five points in the extra frame. Only five. <laughs> five apiece. Really low-scoring affair. And the Raptors basically just free throws the heat. Uh, they hit a corner three because, you know, the Raptors pull off the corner when they shouldn't. And then to start the double overtime, well, I guess it's also worth saying, like, OG got an opportunity to hit the game-winning shot, it it missed, although it was pretty close and it was on a broken play. Anyway, we go into double overtime. Another three-pointer for Gabe Vincent, more free throws for Scotty Barnes. And the Raptors at this point in time are just, they really, really are looking for some sort of dependable offense because everything that they're running is just stopping short. They cannot get to a, <laughs> they can't get to a reliable action and they can't get anything going. So they have a lot of broken plays. Like OG hit a turnaround fadeaway from like, what, 15 feet? I think after getting the ball and maybe he could have gone to the rim. Jimmy Butler in this, he, he got a cut to the bucket and he, and he hit a fadeaway jump shot and just a really tough one. Gary Trent running layup shot. Let's go get to the bucket, make a layup. That's what we like to see out in transition. And, and then Fred, as ever, the big balls man, he, he steps into the fray and he hits a three. They run the Pascal on ball, Gary Trent Jr. Screening, pick and roll, and Tyler Hero switches on to Pascal. Pascal is now going into, you know, I'm going to body this guy. I'm going to get into a good spot mode. Bam bio blitzes, and Fred mirrors his blitz to show help. Pascal dumps it off, and from, I don't know, 25 feet, Fred hits a three. He, on time, (laughs) as always, right? Then, you know, to tie the game, we get, of course, uh, Hero is, you know, shaking loose. Gary Trent Jr. is in pursuit, and he, he gets Trent in, like, a really, really compromised position. Trent has to try and get back into the play. He eventually does, but he's off balance. So when Hero kind of puts a shoulder into him and puts the ball up, he's not there for the rebound and Hero gets a put back. The Raptors, so what they do next is they run that little pick and roll action. They like what they're getting from Pascal on ball. And this is where Pascal gets a switch and Tyler Hero is on him again. Pascal, this is as much as he's looked like LeBron ever, knew that Jimmy Butler was going to help. And he, so Pascal's driving to his right. Jimmy is pulling off of Gary Trent Jr. And Pascal is, he's getting the step on Hero, but the whole team's rotating towards him. He makes like right on the money, right in the hands, pass to Gary Trent Jr., wide open, and he he misses the three. But, you know, the, the ball is in the air. It's in play. There's contested airspace. OG misses a pretty easy tip like that. That tip could have gone in. Anyway, the ball funnels to Gabe Vincent. The crowd is so loud at this point, and he's running up court. He hits a heave, but a timeout was called prior to that. So karmic retribution for DeMar DeRozan's game-winning heave he hit against Charlotte in, what, like 2017? That was called off because Casey called a timeout. So we're sitting even after the a t o hero is you know running to his left off a curl he it's an air ball with a floater okay now what what is the the third overtime defined by the defense obviously, but the Raptors most importantly scored ten points in this frame, twice as many as the first overtime you know. <laughs> And, and and well done for them because it was really tough to manufacture offense in this one. And so first things first, Hero hits a three and it's the Raptors are gambling. The Raptors are trying to cover a lot of airspace, trying to cover a lot of ground. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> Fred on time, once again, gets a little, you know, he's just he's spacing out to like 38 feet to support Gary Trent Jr., if he doesn't work, if if his pick and roll, his, sorry, his dribble handoff with OG doesn't work. And so Gary Trent immediately gives the ball up to Fred. Fred casually walks into uh, a 26, 27-foot pull-up three that the net doesn't move. Puck, just back rim, straight down. He's, you know, backpedaling on defense. The camera cuts to him, and he just looks like he's like, finally... Because he shot, what did he shoot in this game? Like seven of twenty-two, seven of twenty-two. Right, five of fourteen from three, and he was two of ten at one point in time. So three of five on the finishing ones, pretty good. <laughs> we'll take that. Next thing, uh, we get a baseline out of bounds play where OG just cuts straight to the rim. A little screening action with um, a little screening action with Fred kind of complicates things for the Heat. And he gets a dunk. So the Raptors are up two with three minutes left. Shots are missed. Shots are made. And then <laughs> Van Vliet, of course, hits another three. And this is off, you know, an Ananobi pass, a little one. And just hell of a shot. Like he's just shooting the hell out of the ball. Very nice to see. And then so the next <laughs> play of import is uh, the Adab- Sorry, uh, from Bam Adebayo a shot from Gabe Vincent once again, the Raptors pulling out of a situation, like pulling into pressure when maybe they shouldn't have. Pascal had Atabayo in single coverage and Pascal's defense in this game dictated that I would pull from the farthest away from Atabayo. that, you know, that's, that's what a lot of people do. And then you cover that with the zone the Raptors pulled from one pass away and didn't cover it. Gabe Vincent was wide open, made a three. Now, the next time down the four, they get Hero on Siakam in single coverage again. Siakam gets, and this is crazy to me. Siakam gets the step. Hero reaches in, seatbelt, a reach-in foul, of course. Pascal removes his hand, like Pascal gets his hand out of there. He's, that sweeping motion, it wasn't a hook. it wasn't anything. Hero is reaching in on him, has a hand fully implanted on his chest. Pascal has like a not a swim move, but like you know, he sweeps from under to get the the foul off. <laughs> and he gets called <laughs> for an offensive foul. <laughs> anyway, they challenge it. and I truthfully I'm I'm failing you. But I don't know if they can call a foul prior to the foul or if they're just seeing if it was a foul. And like by the book, what Pascal did, an offensive foul, yes. But there was a defensive foul very clearly prior to it. Anyway, the call does not get overturned. Good Lord, right? They have a a pin down, I believe, Hero comes over the top. He's right, like he's square in front of the rim out to the three-point line, puts up a triple, in and out. OG grabs the board. They go side out of bounds, inbound to Pascal. He hits both the free throws. Then they come down again, and Hero misses another shot. And, uh, or no, sorry, it wasn't Hero missing another shot. They tried to like do like that little home run play to Gabe Vincent, but he stepped out of bounds. Then that was the game. That was the game, 124 to 120. An odyssey to get through. Triple overtime, the Raptors, sweet Lord. Uh, They couldn't get anything reliably, offensively, and neither could the Heat, to be fair. The Heat were getting reliable looks from Jimmy Butler all game. Jimmy finished with like 37 and 10 with three steals and 14 rebounds. Jimmy was immense. OG, Gary Trent, You know, they had a lot of trouble with Jimmy for most of the game. But a credit to OG, when the game mattered most, he turned it up to a degree that Jimmy felt blanketed. And then when they had screen help to get him off, if Pascal was involved in it, he did an awesome job. Both OG and Pascal made it so that Jimmy just couldn't do anything down the stretch. And that that was the most impressive aspect of this game, was a guy who was so clearly on, These two players, this type of defensive performance from OG, from Pascal, should not be forgotten. And to us, just not like, it sounds dumb to say to a lesser degree, but it just wasn't at the same level. Scotty also, really, a really, really strong defensive performance against Bam Adebayo. This game was a, a trip, dude. Reggie Evans Award. Obviously, Pascal Siakam. 21 points. 13 boards, six assists, four steals, four blocks. And these blocks in this game on PJ Tucker, on Gabe Vincent, on Bam Adebayo, on Jimmy Butler, and so, like not everyone's recorded as a block, but these are stonewalled at the rim. He was immense. He took guaranteed buckets and erased them. Gabe Vincent had the Raptors dead to rights. Pascal was the low man. Pascal stunted to the pass that Gabe wanted to make and left Gabe flat-footed to finish at the rim. So Gabe took the layup that he thought was available to him. Pascal finishes his stunt, leaps up in the air, and swats the hell out of the ball. Just savant-level defense from Pascal. Reggie Evans' award through and through. He, He was immense in this game. It's like a classic game. Nobody and quite frankly nobody has come close to emulating that defensive performance of on the raptors this year it it very well may have been the best defensive game that pascal has ever played and uh, i i haven't really seen somebody do what he did in this game in my time watching the raptors in my time watching the raptors that's the court coverage the isolation defense, and then the help side defense. It was mind-boggling, dude. I don't know if I've seen it. The totality of what he brought on that side of the floor. Oh, man. It, It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Top quick reaction comment from Arsteep Singh, quote, Siakam with four steals and four blocks, end quote. I mean, yeah. Like, the numbers were there, obviously, but... There, all the all the plays he made where a number <laughs> wasn't assigned to it, where it's just the fact that there were no numbers on the play, besides the missed shot or the move to a different action for Miami, he dominated in the box score and outside of it. That one a truly rare defensive performance. I, I'm glad you do- enjoyed it, Arstib. I'm sure everybody else did. This was this was. yeah, that, that performance from Pascal is just absurd. One one of the greatest defensive performances I've ever seen. And I watched Joel Embiid in the playoffs where he took an all time Raptors team and made them look like they couldn't do a single thing. You know, we we've seen Giannis we've seen, (laughs) we've seen a lot of great defenders. We've seen Draymond. What Pascal did tonight just for a game. And, And quite frankly, Since he came back from COVID, since he entered back into the Raptors on December 28th against the 76ers, the level of play he's been at has not been all-star. It has been all NBA, without a doubt, and he has been all defense caliber. No, like really no slip-ups defensively. No more than anybody else at that level of defender would have. And some of these plays he's making just really pop. It's incredible. Whew. And he hit, the, he hit the free throws late and fought through. God, what a. Tr- that call was insane. I can't believe he called, called for an offensive foul. It's horrible, man. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.